What's up, everybody? Producer Josh here, and this week we have something a little bit different. We're launching our new series called MLO Unplugged, and what that is is a new way for us to get content to you in a more casual manner. And what I mean by that is instead of having more of a structured show, these are more just like sit-down casual conversations that can go anywhere, no time limits, however long it takes to have the conversation is what we're doing. So this week we're going to kick that off uh, as Addison, Casey, and myself talk about VA home loans. I myself am currently preparing to go through this process and I have a lot of questions for the guys. And we're going to dig into those and go through them and hopefully we can answer not only my questions but some of the questions that other veterans out there in the world might have. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. How's the whole thing going? Do you think anything's changed? Uh, like, you know, we touched on this like months ago. We talked about like the possible marketing changes with the new changes in the White House and everything. Do you think that anything has changed or is it the same with the VA right now? Are we just talking the VA in general, like healthcare? Are we talking home loans? What no, we we're talking? talking VA home loan okay. product. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's the same. I mean, obviously markets are shifted a little bit, but it's still leading the pack. And uh, I think best interest rate pricing and, and stuff like that. I am hearing a little bit of some pushback, though, on government you know, programs. I mean, the market for us, like, I don't know, some places I've, I've heard where um, a VA wasn't, you know, wasn't getting accepted or something like that, you know? And so those person, the vets were switching to conventional loans to get the offer accepted. But I so, think that's really specific on a, you know, on an area or on a Right. On so a you house. just, you kind of just like touched my next question. My next question was like, so you just said the area. So like when you think of the Portland metropolitan area, we have a lot of different little, uh, suburbs. Suburbs, public mentality is very different. Um, totally. You know, you go to like Clackamas County, it can be a little bit more conservative as where Multnomah County can be a little bit more liberal or, or democratic. And We were very diverse. Right, area. right. So when you see going out into some of those outer suburbs where people are a little more like, how do I say this? Well, like, for example, like you go to Sandy and you drive down 26 going to Mount Hood and they'll have kudos up on the bar marquee signs for the soldiers that are deployed. Right. So if you're a veteran and you're trying to buy someplace in Sandy where they're very, like, into their Oregon National Guard troops specifically, like, they're very proud of their Oregon National Guardsmen, as we should, should all be. They, they do a lot for us, not just military, but also locally. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. So do you think, like, when you go to the outskirts like that, that that becomes less of an issue? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think diversity in different cultures, yeah, in areas, yeah, kind of dictate mar- markets for sure. Um, do I agree with it? One hundred percent, not no, but also too, there's always going to be a personal, a personal feel to it, right? I mean, if someone, it's hard not to come across someone that hasn't had military in their family or been military somewhere, right? So sometimes those sellers just connect, like it is what it is. But then we're in a a very, I think, seller's market of wanting to get the most profit you can possibly get. We're sometimes seeing appraisal gaps. You're seeing pickiness. I only want conventional or cash offers. So yeah, it's a different, I think, a different market. So you'd probably want to maybe asset you know, uh, the real estate agent to make sure you're in the right area that can get your loan accepted, I would I would imagine. But you always have us. 
You know, I'll call. I I I just got a VA accepted, um, just by talking to the person, so they didn't have to switch to conventional. So, like, uh, let's run through that for a second. So, sorry, mm-hmm. I totally going on a veteran thing here, but like, I I, I have some good quick. content. So, um, like. I, how did I have the conversation? Like, yeah, like so. Basically, totally. like what what does that involve? Like so, I so I have my well. Obviously, I already have my real estate agent. Like, and, we and, all know her very well. And then I'll be working with you guys for my loan. So in this conversation specifically, I just I looked at the property because what I was told was they wanted it to be a conventional loan because the seller thought it wouldn't meet property requirements. You know, uh, and typically that's just like a little bit of a distressed property. It, at least in my opinion of it, you know, maybe some chip paint, some not upkeep stuff that would, you know, you, you can, that are noticeable. Right. Um, but when I looked at this property, it looked completely fine. And it even said like in the listing, like, you know, fresh paint. So I was like, Connor, like, is there something I'm missing? You know, it's like a crack foundation, like bad plumbing. Like, what am I missing? Um, and she's like, no, this house is great. And it was just, you know, that one. So I explained like, I mean, from my eyes and what you're telling me, this sounds like it's, there shouldn't probably be anything, but, a normal maybe wear and tear or something on on the property. And she agreed. So I said, then why would it not go uh, VA, you know, over, over conventional? It sounds like it would fly. No problem. And so after just kind of helping maybe ease her mind on that, she was like, okay, well, yeah. And I, I, I explained that this is a, I mean, it was a VA loan. The guy's putting money down, you know, it's like, uh, it didn't change the situation other than this guy is using his, VA loan to have the lowest payment and stuff like that. And if there was something that she thought like maybe wouldn't fly, then yeah, um, maybe I'm, we would go conventional, but it just wasn't that case. As a, as a consumer. That's not, all, that's not always the case though, Josh, too. Sometimes. Right. No, I'm just, as a consumer, I'm so curious. Like I don't understand, understand the stigma that's attached to the VA or even the FHA loan for that fact. I guess they're, they're pretty And loop in the reverse mortgages in there. Like there's just stuff that happened back in the day, even the crash, right? There's still probably people out there that think like just mortgages are just a scam. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just bad things happen and then they weren't advised correctly after that by the right people right they got bad information from the guy that didn't care the person they didn't care whatever and it's just like you know how that goes and then the conversation at the barbecue and it's just all bad information spread just to jump in josh i think like you know but i get your frustration the the reputation of the va one is 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 being restored with more success stories but it still doesn't change the fact that a seller is going to take a 10 percent down offer more serious than a three percent like that's using unless there's an advocate like a lender like us or an agent that's calling and explaining there's additional assets there. It's fair to assume if you're a betting person, someone who has 10% down has a more stable financial file than someone with 3% down. It isn't biblical, but it's, it's realistic thinking, right? That's right. where that sellers they're just coming in, dude. They're trying to like even if someone just... offered on your house right now, someone who said, "Hey, I'm gonna go fifty percent down," and then you've got a five percent. Who would you guess if you had to bet a hundred dollars had a more stable financial situation? Great question. Hmm. So your job, as Terry said very eloquently in the interview, was I want to I, I, I want to pick everything. the person that's gonna be on time to the altar and let me go on with my life. That's and that's how he just. <laughs> Well, and I, I told Addy that blew my mind. I was like, that quote. That's such a great. It was such an eye-opening quote. We should actually make a short. We should make a make a shirt for him and send it. 
Easy little quote on a shirt, you know, easy. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. I don't think Terry Sprague is going to wear a shirt too. But so seriously, like, no, he just made a little hand shirt, dude, and sent it over there as a joke. No, so yeah. I don't know, man. We're we're like 13 minutes now, so we can just keep going if you want for another 13 and make a podcast out of this. But because um, I have more questions about this, and, and then we can roll into your show, um, the the pre-show podcast. Anyway, yeah, pre-show podcast is cool. Uh, dude. I'm, is digging, I'm digging it. This is unplugged, uh, unplugged baby. But everything is plugged in. Yeah, no, I mean, but obviously, is, like so. the MLO way is, and I don't want to give away too many secrets, but you know, I know Addison has built out this plan where he he communicates with the listing agent and the the Sorry, seller, I guess. Off the, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's the MLO way. That's why you do it, buddy, right? right. So, um, do you think that, like, because I don't want to put money down. I really don't, unless I have to, because I don't. I hear you. Can't afford it. And the reason I want to do that is not because I can't do it. The reason is I don't want to do it because I want to have more money in the bank in case something happens. So I can take care of my family and sustain for a year at least is like my goal. Well, let me take that because you and I talked about this earlier. It's perception once again. You know what I'm saying? So in the VA world, it's great to do that down payment during the offer presentation. And then when you get through the appraisal, it doesn't matter. If it appraises out, you can lower your down payment. That way you're tackling the perception of the seller. Totally. And yes, I am an advocate for that as well, Josh, where I'm, I really, it's hard to do for a lot of first time home buyers trying to get into the game, but I like to have a minimum of six months reserves. Um, and I think it's really important if your credit score is lower, you should probably have a little bit more. That's how jumbos work. Depending on credit score and down payment, you need six, 12 or 18 months post closing reserves in not everyone can do that. And, you know, your 401ks and your investments count to a certain percentage, but. Right. And, you know, my thought process is like <clears throat> you people think like, OK, like we own a condo right now, a thousand square foot condo. We stand to make somewhere between one. Let's just say 100K, like because it could be higher, but we don't know. Mm. So people start looking at it and they're like, oh, you're going to put 100K in the bank. Well, you can put half of that down on a new house, lower your down payment. Mm hmm. But then also to buy this new house, because we're upgrading from a condo, I want to get, after we move into our new place, I want to get rid of the car payment. It's three seventy dollars a month uh-huh. because that makes my mortgage payment a lot more comfortable. Right. That's uh, $28,000, I believe, when I checked yesterday mm-hmm. that I owe on that mama's new SUV. Mm-hmm. So now that brings my savings account down to $70,000. I have about $15,000 in student debt which right now they're not really collecting on it. I make a, a small like payment it. on that. I like it. Um, so I like to pay that off. That brings me down to, what, 55? No, my mouth was way off on that one, wasn't it? Well, I'm, I'm tracking with you. I think what 70. the takeaway, Josh, is, He's and I just, had this, I just had this with somebody else yesterday, oh, list out your debts in order of highest interest paid. <clears throat> right. And that's what you should tackle right off the bat. Student loans is kind of tough for me because even right now, from my Googling knowledge, non-licensed CPA, um, <laughs> the interest on your student loan payments is a uh, tax deduction. Oh, that's interesting. So it reduces your taxable income if you are paying on it. So I don't know if that would really breach the top things to pay off, in my opinion, in my strategy, but the car, yes. like. Mm. Typically, people are going to pay anywhere from eight hundred to two thousand dollars per year in interest only on an auto loan that ranges between twenty five k and thirty five k. So, 
Well, I mean, and my goal, because my point is, is like, so now that $100,000 profit off the condo is now quite a bit less. Like if I, if I do pay all that stuff off, right? So now we're talking like, if we throw forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 into our next house, yes, we can do it. But now our savings sitting around 20 to 30 K and that's great. It's great to have that much money in the bank. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but mm-hmm. being closer to the six digits makes me feel a lot better, like comfortably. Like, Well, start with six months reserves. Right. I, I mean, for you, reserves for you, me. Josh, I really do like isolating the car and paying that off because that's a big chunk of payment. It's a, well, 370 is a lot of money. I mean, that's. And that also fills, uh, I figured it out last night, right now, on our total expenses paid, not including utilities, but just stuff going towards our mortgage and HOA is $1,300 a month. Well, and if you pay off that auto loan, you're, generally speaking, going to be able to increase your buying power on a house by seventy five grand because of debt-to-income ratios. Really? Mm-hmm. So in this case, would you recommend paying that, having that? Um, put to be paid off before close? Absolutely not. I advise everybody not to pay anything off until closing because what if you never get a house? Exactly. Very good point. So I always say, you know, we can, not a lot of people know it, the mortgage people can check on the back end of a loan that it's going to be paid at closing and it takes it away from the algorithm so it doesn't hit you on it on the debt to income ratios, which it consequently expands your buying power. Um, so I say wait to it. They can line item out a car payoff at closing, just like an extra fee, like an appraisal fee or a down payment and you pay it. All you have to bring is a, uh, a payoff from the auto loan and then they just tack it on like a bar tab. So that way you're not misusing 20, 30 grand when you don't need to, you know? Right. So just to, just to paraphrase that, we can get it in writing that I will pay that off at closing Right. So then I don't, I'm a little confused, like on what you're saying. Like, when does this take place? So, like, we're going through mm-hmm. closing, what close? Closing meaning you have an accepted offer. And then typically by 30 days, standard close, when you bring your down payment, your final amount owed, you sign a few days before you sign all your final payments, you will also tack on the balance of your auto loan. To the other cost, the de- like your down payment. Increase. Okay, dumb this down for me in the time frame. In Portland or in the Pacific Northwest, you say we're on a 30-day closing time frame. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I'm going to pay this car off in closing. At closing. At closing. At closing. When is that? Like 30 days from when you get accepted offer. Yeah. And this is going to day 28, 29. Yeah. So, Give or take. You know, I don't know if we ever really talked about this. Like, can you break down the, like, timeline of close? I think we did, like, a year ago, but... Like just like in bullet points, the, the the process of a home loan, the process of closing, like closing? the steps, like you paperwork's a, going here, then it's going here, then it's going here. This is it, kind of is ever changing sometimes, but the first step, and I'm gonna speak, it'll be you would get a closing disclosure, but we send those out early now, so they don't kind of sometimes hang us up at the end. But typically, you would get that. You acknowledge that, and that's going to be pretty close to your final number. Tell them what day it is. Don't hit the desk so hard. <laughs> oh, you're hearing it? Yeah. I never hear it. Because you're um, a table tapper. Well, it's passion. Yeah. Yeah, it's passion. We love your passion. But um, the closing, are we talking? Because we need to be very clear oh, about like what day. Uh, no, just. It's Monday the 20th. Let's, let's just not, say it's Monday about- the 25th. No, it's Monday the 20th. I like the 20th better. Okay. 
Monday the 20th, and you're signing your closing disclosures, which are sent out to you, which are kind of like your final estimate they're going to send out. So you're on day 20. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Sure, I don't. I don't mean to calendar. cut you off, but you're way overcomplicating. I guess the question is, is like, well, then do you want the steps or not the steps? <laughs> well, I do want the steps, but what point do well, I pay the car not, off? It's not an. E- it's not just an easy process. Do you I need to pay to the car? The do I need to send the check to the car lender like ten days before the end of closing? You don't have to do anything but bring the balance owed to Title and Escrow where you sign. You don't deal with the auto people. They're going to pay it off They'll for you. They'll pay it off for you. Is what, so what's going to happen? Yeah, Josh, uh, sorry. I guess so am I giving title that. and escrow access to my bank account? You're just bringing in the extra amount that would pay off the car as additional funds at closing that pays off that car. So I could like look at it as like a down payment. Yeah, so say you have 100000 Say you want to put hundred grand down right on the house. Mm-hmm. Just easy math. Let's use hundred, And say you owe twenty five to the car. You would write a check for $125,000 the day that you sign your final documents to the title and escrow company. Done. 100 plus the 25. That's beautiful. I think you guys just explained something that nobody else has. Everybody's got it. Could but be. I'll tell you what a new product Could is that I saw on nugget. TV. It's called the New Day VA Loan. And they'll let you access equity into your uh, home, existing home, right? You can pull out the equity in cash. A home this equity is, line of credit? Uh, no, 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 no. We can just actually refinance the existing loan and then allow you to have access to that equity and pull cash out. Oh, and kind of. But like, this is a new loan. So since we're making a what podcast. Is it? Tell me the loan. Tell me the loan. What it is it? Tell me it. Tell me it. It's, it's a, a cash out refinance. It's a cash out refinance. What they've like said, it's now they got this new product. Yeah, you got a new color sprinkles on the cupcake. Dude, this it really is bugging me, dude. I, I just got something in the mail the other day that said uh, something about, hey, you excess funds, you have, you know, access, you know, to funds or whatever. And it was like four, 1400 and some change. False I'm like, advertising. I thought it was like maybe an escrow rollover thing, right? Because it's like 1400 or something like that, right? Was it, it didn't seem like a lot of money. And it all looks like, yeah, like a legitimate uh, government. Yeah. And you freaking read down in that tiny, tiny, tiny little letters at the bottom. And it's just like, yep, this is uh, from, you know, Federal Savings Bank, not tied to the VA, not tied to your home, not tied to your lender. You it know, used like, to be worse. It's getting a little bigger in the font. Y- yeah, you know, there's this bold this thing like, where it says your mortgage servicer, like Oregon Bank or whatever, and say that's who you're making payments to. But then in the fine print, this is actually not Oregon Bank. This is... La-dee-da, and mortgage. so it's like, you know, put people in their shoes and just have no idea. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes our clients that we're talking to, sometimes just, you know, that could be so confusing and misleading. And like, I can see this, how easy it is to call. And then you're just swindled in and. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. I've, it's false advertising, man. It's, and it's, I feel like people, they're just not held to the same standards. I totally agree. And all I can say is I can't protect everybody out there, but at least my clients just call me when they get junk totally, mail, which totally. I don't that's mind. I, so it works as like, too. call me, you can send me the picture text. Message. I will tell you if it's legit or not. And we move on. I keep the stack of all that junk mail for examples. I was going to bring it in. I was going to bring it in today. I really yeah. was going to bring it in for like the show. So we could look at it and stuff. And I was like, well, there, he's going to know what I'm talking about. It's so I just like rip it up and threw it away. But I wanted you to see this one specific. Cause it wasn't like those st- mortgage statements or like it looked like Legit. a it almost looked like a freaking invoice from um you know like uh quickbooks 
Mm. Is what it looked like a QuickBooks invoice, $1,400 excess funds. Call this number. Josh, you feel good about that payoff thing? I want to make sure you... Um, hundred plus the twenty five. Yeah, man. I think uh, if we just wrap on for like maybe five more minutes and like take this back into the VA because that's kind of where we started. Mm-hmm. We can we can have a nice little episode here because this, this is kind of interesting mashup with the two of you talking about a veteran loan. I think for me with veteran loans, the biggest pain point for me is it's not very clear the difference between a. Con, uh, conventional VA loan, meaning up to 548 borrowed, 548250 to be exact. And then going into VA jumbo, which exceeds that. There's a lot of different rules. There's different rates. The interest rate is significantly higher. Which, I totally feel like, is that overlay? Well, and... Um, it and depends. It's going to be lender to lender. Um, but so. still, it doesn't... It doesn't take away from the fact that like you need to post savings. Um, the credit score starts going up a little bit higher on the VA jumbo. It's harder to make fit. A lot of people just know, like a lot of veterans just assume, oh, there's no limit. Right. Well, you have to qualify from an income standpoint for starters. Mm-hmm. And then if you borrow over the 548 conventional cap on a VA, it becomes VA jumbo, which it's a whole nother game with the interest rate and the costs and mandatory reserves. And it's different from lender to lender. I was just pricing one the other day, but I, sh- I haven't built out a full scenario. I should build out a scenario. Have you already built? Um, sounds like you have. Was there, is there, is there a, a down payment difference or is, or not? Does it still allow you to do? You can still do a zero, zero down. Zero down. You, you just, I mean, you just have to, the thing is people forget about, Like I want to do, zero. dude, that's a fat paint. That's a full like purchase price loan amount you know what i'm saying like yeah i was running that's like a, a s- that's the highest loan you can probably put yourself into i was running so like something a to take a perspective 700 sure. to 900 zero down jumbo and the payments were falling between four and five grand a month on a va jumbo just just a couple points before we get too far uh out of you just commented on um the the max for the va loan and i do believe that's regionally Mm-hmm. Just compliantly speaking, to let yes, everybody sir. know the the numbers that you threw out may be different in your region, depending right. on where you're listening Absolutely. or where you're at. Um, Absolutely. And I think just to cap this off, like one little good and like n- interesting nugget that veterans like me would like to know is how does so how does the approval amount compare with the VA product? Like, kind of. I know this is compliantly speaking. This is a really hard question. But like with the VA loan, I know it's a pretty forgiving product. How does the credit score reflect the maximum or credit score versus and um, sorry, guys. No, you're there. You're there. So credit score and income to maximum loan. Like how is that figured out comparatively to other traditional loan products with the VA loan product? There's going to be a higher debt to income ratio threshold. So like standard debt income, meaning your total pre-tax monthly income, and then your total liabilities. So your minimum payments, which includes the hypothetical mortgage payment of the house that you're trying to buy. So conventionally, the normal is 45%. So just to use easy math, if you make $10,000 pre-tax household income every single month, you times that by 0.45, which is 4,500. That's the maximum amount of mortgage and any other payments that come up on your credit. 
This also includes um, an equation for deferred student loans. If you're not pay making payments on it, but you have a student loan balance, you're not just free and clear. It does impact your buying power. So conventionally speaking, 45% is your ticker there. Now, VA has higher thresholds. Those will range upwards to 48, and I've seen up, even up to 60% in some areas. There's no flat guideline of like, if I have this credit score or this credit score, I can extend. It's more complicated than than you would think. It's credit score, savings, uh, credit history of payments, How if you've owned a home or not. VA compensating has, factors. Compensating factors. VA is more a dynamic range of evaluating an approval or not than just conventional, which is actually more for the benefit. But I've seen debt-to-income ratios go up to 60% totally. and get approved because totally. they had very low debt, they had high savings, they had good credit. Um, like a 780 credit score is probably going to tick to an approval at a really high range like that. Comparatively, at like a 640, the automated underwriting system might not, will likely not like it. Because VA is one of those things, Josh, where it's not like there's just a, the the rules because VA is not like that. They're so willing and trying to open for, they make it happen. for, you know, for vets. But then you have lenders that have to have their own criteria, have to have their own risk thresholds, stuff like that. So really, yeah, it's something you're going to run through that automated system. And, and, and when it's real diverse like that, yeah, you need that to kind of look at all the aspects. And like I you. know our company uh, that we work for, if you exceed 50% debt-to-income ratio, your mandatory two months payment reserves. That's a our company overlay, overlay yep. which, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes at extra rules, but I think that's very fair. You're like, well, you're really stretching yourself thin here. If something happened, if we want to make max sure you, finance. Let's yeah. make sure if it hits your, the fan, yeah. you got two months of payments, right? Okay. I mean, that's just smart. And most most people do. That, right, that brings right. up another question. I know we keep saying last question, but so now, uh, you know, my plan is we're going to sell our condo and then hopefully get some rent back. So we'll, we'll have, probably have what, at least 30 days through closing anyway. So hopefully we can get a month rent back and have two months to find a home in this very hot market in the Portland metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my question now is the money that – actually, I have two questions based off of this, and this comes from a conversation I had with my brother yesterday. So I'm going to just spit them off both, and you guys can answer them however you want. So the, the first question is, mm -hmm. at what point does the money that I profited from my house equal savings in my bank account and – is there a time limit on any money that I spend on the house before I'm on the hook for capital gains taxing? So you're asking, you're asking us a, a tax accountant question? Mm, no. Not, oh, well, my brother had mentioned that, and it, this may be irrelevant in our case because we're going to like, we're not, we're only going to make around a hundred, 120 grand on our house. But he said in California, if you make over $250,000 on a house, you have to pay capital gain taxes on it, but you do have a time period to spend some of that on real estate before you have to pay taxes. So on what it. you're asking about, one is a 1031 exchange. Yes, sir. So you've, I believe you have 90 days to identify a new property, like get into contract on something. That is, that is like or similar value, similar value, reasonable right? value. Yep. Once again, tax question, but I think you're alleviated from that because you've lived in this home as your primary residence for a minimum of two years. So you, as long as you do not exceed that $250,000 in gross 
profit, you are alleviated from paying capital gains tax due to your primary status of two years or more. Okay, well, there's no worries there then. And then, yeah, then they... so that uh, that's that's actually good. I didn't I didn't know there was that two fifty on that though. Well, that's in California, according to my brother. That's here in Oregon too. I have documents from you. There's a really great tool. It's called the IRS. And yes, sir. <laughs> if you go to IRS.gov. I don't know if I call it a great tool, but. No, I mean, I navigated through it because we're selling our investment condo. And oh, totally. I'm alleviated from that because we lived in it two out of the last five, five years. years. So this yep. is my last year to avoid capital gains. Nice. So okay. I have to sell. So, and then from a lender point of view like i said you know we're going to make this profit off our condo that's going to go to sell. go into our bank account when will i guess the underwriter look at that as actual savings or will they even in this shorter period of time your application that you're applying for the new house we will pen that we will mark your house as pending sale and it counts in net profits from the sale based on the mortgage balance and the estimated proposed sale value that we enter in there. What we think your house will sell for usually we'll ask you, what are you listing it for? Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll give you a credit of whatever your profit's going to be in it. Think of a line item, like proceeds from your sale. That'll be there kind of thing, you know, like, but cool. you can't, you can't close on a new buy until that is closed. No, totally. That, that's like yeah. a Some people might think, right? "Oh, well, I get a placeholder." No, that uh, it, no, that's got it. You're contingent on that. The approval's contingent on that sale being closed because that's what we checked in the boxes on the application. And, and you know, I mean, for me, you know, I sometimes I have that conversation, but you'll see it as a mark on a pre-approval letter. Sometimes, Josh, mm-hmm. like contingent on the proceeds of the you know pending sale, kind of thing. It feels like a because that's a contingent offer. Well, I, I I think we're trying to avoid that. I think we're trying to like either you got to have the way to avoid that. Then is have it in well, hand, you and know? you can't do that because you can't have two VA loans at once. Can't have two VA loans. Well, I don't once. have a VA loan right now. The, the house. oh, that's oh, a conventional uh, FHA or Penny Mac. That's all on my wife. She did that right. Oh, before. so you. I'm not even on them that this one. So you could actually you could execute. I should tell you on your Maybe mortgage you should, statement, Josh. What we should do is have him app up. It's Penny sing, Mac single, and you. That's I mean, if the service, you could do it because you could just get approved on your own under the VA loan and buy that um, and try to go zero down. Oh, it's all under your wife's name. Yeah, I That's never exactly. Oh, how buddy. And I navigated oh, buddy, 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 you're. Oh, look at you. <laughs> but your money unless, is unless, in the house. That's the you, problem. Yeah, money. So with house. the appraisal gap contingencies, the expectation, even with zero down, to pay your own closing costs, the cash needs to come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah you got to have like something. Well, right, and I don't. Or you're doing zero down, asking sellers to pay tell you, the closing costs, and in this market, that's going to be. I can slippery. tell Josh is like trying to pry out a nail that's stuck in a piece of plywood. Yeah, he wants. He, <laughs> I, I, this is Josh. This is literally what we do for a living. And we know, we know you're. Sometimes when we have the conversation with clients, you're looking for that answer. Sometimes that might not be there, but we are going to guide you in the right direction of everything. Maybe Josh should tell us what he wants to hear. What do you want to hear, Josh? That's doable. Well, no, I understand like how life works. I'm not naive. <laughs> what rate do you want, Josh? <laughs> just say it. <laughs> no, I'm just getting nervous because the. I love it. The ish is about to hit the fan, like in our life. Like we're we're nailing up the house. We're like cleaning it up. We're getting it's everything regrouted. We're like uh-huh, about uh-huh. to like have Listy come in and check it out and tell us what we should sell it for. And I don't know. Like I don't. 
I was asking questions about the rent back stuff earlier today because I don't know if I want to ask for that or if I want to just like rent a house for a couple months. So I don't have to stress out. I'm seeing a lot in contracts, so I don't know if I'd be nervous about that. I'm seeing a lot of rent back in contracts. Yeah, he's. I don't think Josh is worried about selling. He's more worried about what's the gap period from selling to getting in on the market. He doesn't want to, yeah, like the homeless period kind of freaking you out. Kind of, yeah. Well, that's tough, dude. That's totally tough. Even financially, that's going to be a big jump. Like I remember going from the condo and then we offered on, this was two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. So our condo that we purchased was like 200 grand and then our next buy was over 500 so that is a huge jump in payment and just looking at and like now i just kind of laugh at it because i went through that went through another one helped my sister right. with her house and it's just you get used to it but that jumps is so nerve-wracking when you're sta- you're so used to like 800 dollars a month 1200 dollars a month now we're looking well into 2000 mid 2000 mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. three to get what your spouse wants, right? Because they, it, oh, yeah. it's a big jump. But one thing I think that settles my mind is, hey, I remember when we went from renting to owning. Yeah, we were a part of that Portland craze where, like, Kristen and I's apartment was like six fifty or seven fifty, and then they jumped it to a grand. Then they jumped it to like twelve hundred. Oh, uh, got it. That gets alleviated when you own your home. The yeah. only thing that's going to go up is potentially property taxes and insurance, yes, sir. simple inflation. But you're locking in shelter overhead for, for 30 years. 30 years. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing. That's that, a great way to put it. There's nothing. It's hard to name anything that was cheaper 30 years ago than it is today. <sighs> name it. It's tough to do at the top of your head. Mm. You know, it's interesting. And I mm. can't, unfortunately, I can't credit this because I don't remember what I was looking at this morning because I look at... I feel like that's ginger cookies. No, it was... Uh, they were talking about like uh, the idea of how people buy houses now and people see them as investments and they think about it. And like for me, I'm 42 years old. My parents might have saw their house as an investment, but my grandparents definitely did not look at it in the aspect of an investment. They looked at it of this is where we're settling down. This is where we're raising our family. Yeah, who was talking about that? I feel like you and I might have. That was a recent topic. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, and that's just, just different genera- generational, you know, thinking too. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people look at it as investment now. For me, I look at it as my roadmap to career freedom. Yeah. Because I feel like I watched a lot of people refinance and start over on thirty years and take out all the equity, and to me, that's what why most people work taxes and your mortgage payment is going to be the most expensive thing in your life. So yeah. the minute that you own your house outright, you just have to pay property taxes and insurance. I have, my life has another level of freedom. I need significantly less po- post tax income to live how I want to. Right. Right. And it's appreciating. So it, that's just how I get excited about it. Locking in the shelter. I like that. That's a new one. Locking, Locking in, in the shelter, shelter for 30 years. For 30 years, if you choose. And no one essentially telling you what to do, you know? like We can make a whole nother episode about buying your retirement home. Absolutely. You know, or the home, your 30-year home, essentially. The house you'll pay off. Yeah, I have a real... I mean, we have a, a win... Um, for the veterans that I was super proud about because it was a zero down. 
Nice. So we got really crafty. My wife was, Kristen was actually the agent on it. Um, really great couple. So we went zero down and the strategy was, okay, I need you to find a way to pay your closing costs. And they could only come up with about $4,000 cash. Closing costs were about seven or eight estimated. We mm -hmm. hadn't identified a property yet. So mm -hmm. the closing mm -hmm. costs changed based on taxes and insurance. Mm -hmm. So we actually looked at, instead of taking the market interest rate on the VA, which was something about two and a half, I think, mm -hmm. high twos. This was a good credit score. Right, right, this right. a couple months right, ago. I, I, yeah, I know where this Asterix. is going. We took a slightly higher rate, yes, something in the threes, and we were able to give him the yield spread in what's called a lender credit. Then, so he yeah. took a slightly higher interest rate and got the extra three or $4,000 from the mortgage company to have enough to pay for yes, all sir. his closing costs. Yes, sir. We got him in contract with that strategy. Um, we, we got super lucky because the VA appraiser got an approved drive-by appraisal. So there was, <laughs> it was so just sweet. to make sure it wasn't on fire. Good to go. Um, and we closed and they've been in the house this huge win. I, that stuff makes me smile. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a good strategy too. I love that too. If, At least know. getting those closing costs. And on that VA loan, that is so sweet too. Just because it's such a good aggressive, you know, um, interest rate price. Well, and on people. another VA loan, one that we had zero down, had closing costs, but then went through the inspection period and there were some, some repairs that probably needed to be addressed, mm -hmm. approximately like two or $3,000. And the client was very handy. Like he had worked in as a kind of a contractor. He was like, I can do this. Yeah. He could do all I this can do stuff. This. So instead of asking the sellers, Hey, we need you to do a, B and C. We think it's worth about $3,000. Get this done before closing. They said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to turn our heads and not ask for any repairs, but we're going to ask for $3,000 in seller credit. And we'll just take care of the, of these items that we noticed when we are in the house and you don't have to stress about it. So that veterans family saved $3,000 out of their pocket. And the guy's going to DIY it at home Depot over totally. the span of a few weekends and cold yep. beer. Yeah. Of course that brings up another question. Yeah. How strict are the, um, inspections on a VA loan? Cause I've heard rumors of like, Oh, you can't even have a hole in a screen, you know, a window screen or no, your biggest ones are really it's code safety health is the first bucket. So is there, is, is there anything falling off? Is there railings up the stairs, all code and safety things that builders should already be building homes like as it Absolutely. is so like, that's the first one. Um, peeling paint on the exterior is one that gets called out. They don't like seeing peel, peeling paint. Uh, and that's, that I think, is also too from a government standpoint of loans right. too, because you have VA loan, FHA loan, USDA loan, all government backed loans. Well, we all know the military hates peeling paint, and just, you will sand it down and paint it daily it if you have it. to. You will sand and paint daily in the military, so just expect a little. No, but often, you know, Josh, like people will even have there if it's that obvious. Like you can be like, I'll get that done before like you can talk to the sellers and be like let's just get this done before well yeah and like when we were talking to uh that the i don't know how to say it, uh non-disclosed person about an off-market sale like i even mentioned like because she wanted to sell as is and i was like well if there's real small things that are going to hold up the financing like something needs to be cocked or you know like you need to replace a screen or whatever like i'm like i'll just come over and do that once we're in contract I don't care. Like, 
Yeah, and most people now are doing as is outside of lender required mm-hmm. repairs, meaning the appraiser comes in and says you have to change it. But for the most part, the way I like to reframe how that's gotten, oh, gutters falling off, can't have a gutter falling off. And then there's life expectancies on the loan. That's very, very important. And then you do need utilities like running water, heat source. Okay. So it's got to be a house you can live in. Once again, the VA loan is designed for you to have adequate shelter and not be in a really bad financial situation. No black, no black right. Gold, none it's, of that stuff, dude. And this is how I, when I call the selling agents, this yeah. is how I spin it. If anyone tries to get a little sassy with me, totally. I throw it back as like, oh, well, as do, do you take pride in your job, sir? Well, most certainly I do. So you're proud of this listing. Absolutely. So you'd say this is two safety and code standards and you, one of your family members, you would allow them to live. Of course, I wouldn't sell a house otherwise. Well, then we're going to have no problems with the VA appraisal because that's all the VA program is, is making totally. sure we have adequate housing that isn't going to be a blindsiding money pit for our veterans. They did a service to our country and we're doing a service to them to not put them in a bad position. Yeah. That one wins every time. If I can get on the monopoly board of the conversation with the seller like that, they love it. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're totally right. Well, like, totally. we can do this. My my <laughs> brother just did a VA Jumbo loan down in Northern California. Yeah. He bought a, a sweet estate. I'm very proud of him. Good job. I mean, I didn't know guys from the Navy could be that successful, but apparently they can. That was a punch head from Josh. <laughs> to, I'll be commenting. That was a punch from Josh to Casey. <laughs> was he commissioned or enlisted? Enlisted. Did he retire? Uh, 14 years. He did not retire, no. Oh, he just got out after 14 years. He did, eight, I believe, eight years active duty, and then he did the rest in the reserves. Wow. And he got to fly to Hawaii every summer for his drill. So he bought real estate off of his Navy money after that? Well, he's been working at the same job for 23 years. So he's. Oh, since then. Okay. And his wife is very well educated. She has a PhD. Oh, yeah, dude. They say the stats out there, it's like they say it's like the Navy's 32% more successful than the, the Marines and Army. Not in any wars, they're not. <laughs> hey, can, can, can we World land the II, plane dude. here? Okay. So anyway, my point was that I do recall that when he said the the hardest part of the inspection or what they really were digging for was insect and rodent damage. That That's was, a big one depending on where yeah. you're at in the country. We don't have that issue out in the Pacific Northwest, but that is real time, especially on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Colorado see, has a the lot size of, of those rats, dude. That's the size of a cat down there. Another thing I learned in Colorado is had Chewing a lot of hail, hail damage. That's totally. why homeowners insurance totally. in Colorado is so high. Like, I guess someone was telling me it was out there. It was like, you don't have to ever replace your roof because the hail will just do it for you eventually over five years. Wow. And insurance takes care of it. To give some perspective, like a standard, sorry, I just dropped my phone. A standard, uh, Monthly homeowner's insurance premium for half a million dollar house here in Pacific Northwest might range between 70 and $90 a month, depending on what you choose for a deductible and what you're covering. Out in Colorado, I'm seeing 200 to $270 a month. Wow. For because the odds are so high that they're going to be fixing roofs, fixing windows. Isn't that nuts? Mm. 
I just Dang. learned that from someone that really yeah yeah that's that's why I like all the conversations on the people coming in you know you you learn some stuff on on different areas and that's why I like all this you know we're Pacific Northwest over here Oregon kind of Washington area uh, but yeah different areas of the country all different rule I mean there's this stuff you got fire you got dude you got lots of stuff yeah lastly too since I do so much relocation, and I know we have a lot of people from California listen to MLO show on this episode of MLO Unplugged. Unplugged. Huge difference from the environment in California. So it's very pro-seller. For Like we went through this when we helped one of our listeners. Remember? Yes. How demanding, like release of earnest money right after this. Like it seems like the market's very pro-protecting the buyers up in Oregon and Washington and it's very protect the sellers in california definitely yeah for sure yeah yep. verification everywhere verification of, of assets and stuff like that oh, yeah yeah cool. it's it's uh that's hollywood it's, baby hollywood baby well this has been an interesting and great episode i think a little different but kind of the same um i think it's good va stuff yeah i know it totally it's we, an, an hour jam it's fantastic i don't know if this is mlo unplugged or mlo unscripted probably more like but uh, no, thanks for answering all the questions, guys. You did an amazing job. And now, how about we plug that call to action? You know where to check us out. If you got those podcast ears going, you better get on all those platforms. I, I know the, the call to action sounds really unnatural in this environment, but we'll see. You know, where here's a resource of the VIP line. So we can go through this 503 847 90. Three eight. Did you have to look at the sign? I did. You did. I, I'm, did. I almost said nine four seven. Like for all your podcast needs. <laughs> for the that most was part, the corniest. Like that was good though. I can't help it, man. I've been watching too much of this like educational like marketing video stuff. Oh yeah. And they always do like the you you're know, super cheesy like. On this episode of MLO. Jeez, right. <laughs> but we got the hotline for everyone and do us a solid. I mean, if you've listened to this entire episode, please, please <laughs> go. Yep. Yep. Go to I our channel it. icon and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Yes. Spotify, for some reason, doesn't allow for you to review the only follow. But I don't like it. Our Apple community just won't get behind us fully. They will listen through, we're but there. we need the five star because it helps. We need us to break in. Well, well, and you know we're the only number one podcast that doesn't have a Patreon, so we're not even asking you to buy us a coffee. We're just asking for a like and a review. And I've got a maybe case we'll of, send you a fresca. I've got a case of two hundred MLO mugs sitting over in that cubicle mm. at, on the corporate side. I'm gonna if people can find me on Instagram and demonstrate that they've Addy.net. And they've also done a review. I will I will get you an MLL mug. Nice. We should do a mug day. First 200. That's all I have. Only 200. I can't exceed. And they're taking a precious storage space. So please like and comment so you can get a mug. And that's all we got. 